Hey there, China Grove First Baptist Church. Pastor Trent here again for our midweek Bible study. I'm excited and glad that you have decided to join us tonight as we open God's Word and continue to look at uh, what it looks like uh, to be a disciple. You know, we have uh, been reading uh, the Great Commission where Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all the nations and we're to baptize and we're to teach and uh, and we are just to be disciples of Jesus, making disciples for Jesus. Uh, that is what we are called to be. And uh, on Sunday mornings, we're uh, examining Nehemiah and how he, and uh, through the work of God, rebuild and restored uh, the walls and the nation of Israel in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. That would happen roughly 400 years after the events of Nehemiah. But on Wednesdays, we've been looking at what a disciple is. And if we're called to be a disciple, we need to know what a disciple is. And we've studied several things. We've looked at how to read and study God's Word. And last week we started to look at the life of Peter, uh, one of Jesus's disciples. You know, being a disciple is certainly hard work. Uh, we're not always going to be perfect. Uh, we are humans and we're going to make mistakes. Uh, there will also be times of great success and great progress, and we'll celebrate those successes, and we'll work through our faults and our failures as we continue to grow and become more and more like Jesus. And Peter is a wonderful example of that. He had great successes, and he had many failures, but he continued to grow and to learn uh, and after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, Peter stands up ten days after Jesus ascended and preaches a sermon uh, with the empowering of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people in Jerusalem are saved. So he didn't give up. He kept going. And so today, that is the aspect of being a disciple we are going to look at. What we do when we make mistakes or we fail at being a disciple. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word of God that we can open and that we can study. We thank you for the wonderful truths that you are revealing to us as we read your word. Father, help us to be your disciples. Help us to grow and become more and more like you each and every day. Continue to bless our church. Uh, bless those who are sick and who have been in and out of the hospital. Uh, bless those who just need that extra healing touch from you today. Father, we lift them up because you know every need, and we know that you are present in every situation. So, Father, provide comfort and hope, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, we'll start this. Have you ever had a circumstance where you did something really good, uh, something really smooth, uh, where you did something right? Maybe you said the right thing at just the right time. Maybe you figured out a, how to solve a difficult problem or a diff, and you came up with a really hard solution to a complex problem. Maybe it was in front of other people and they were just astonished at the uh, wisdom and the intelligence that you showed in that moment. And they were very, com maybe they were complimentary. Maybe they were celebrating with you because you did something so great. Have you ever had those high moments in life? Maybe it was on a basketball court where you shot the winning shot or 
uh, where you made the winning tackle on a football field or, or you just had those high moments in life that are celebrated. But in the midst of those high moments, have you ever experienced moments where it was shattered because the very next thing you did was a mistake or you messed up? You know, as a young man uh, who had just got married, we had built a house in Oakboro, uh, and we were putting one of those uh, covered, kind of screened-in gazebos that you would buy at big lots, uh, kind of like a pop-up tent, just kind of a gazebo style, on our patio. And I'm not a handyman. I wasn't really good with tools. I had very little experience building anything at the time. But I set out one Saturday morning to put this gazebo together. And several, several, several hours later, it was pretty much finished. And Jennifer came out and she said, wow, that looks really good. And I said, I know, I did it. It was that moment of celebration where I think I was astonished and she was astonished that I actually was able to do it. But just a few minutes later, I realized I had used the wrong piece at the wrong place in the very first step. So in that moment of celebration, in that moment of what I thought was greatness, I realized I had made a huge mistake. And I had to tear the whole thing apart and start over. But I kept working, and I kept going, and I rebuilt it. And eventually, after nine hours of working, it was finished. You see, that's life. We have these moments of highs, and then we have some low lows. And Peter is an example of that as well as he has some very high moments as a disciple and some very low moments as a disciple. And we see both of those things in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, by this time, Peter is growing. Uh, he is learning. And he comes to this moment of revelation where God reveals to him this wonderful truth about who Jesus is. And so Matthew 16, verse 13 now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesar Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and, whether, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the, the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Man, what a moment for Peter. This guy had just stepped up and said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the one sent to save the world. And then Jesus says, man, that is awesome. You, you, you didn't get that knowledge from man. Uh, you didn't get that knowledge because you saw all these miracles. God gave you this and God revealed this wonderful truth to you. Uh, brothers and sisters, God has revealed that truth to us as well through his word that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God sent to save the world from their sins. And it is by God's grace through faith alone in Jesus that we are saved. And so in this moment, Peter's getting all these accolades. I'm going to build my church 
on the rock. I mean, you're going to be the leader, the first kind of real big leader of the church, Peter, and, and you're going to get the keys of the kingdom. And it's just this huge moment. And while Jesus is in, it's just this huge moment. And Jesus has this conversation. He's like, and, and Peter steps up to the plate. Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, Son of the living God. Gold star, Peter. Blessed are you, Peter. Man, that is awesome. I imagine that Peter was feeling quite good, that he was very proud of himself. This is a high moment in his life. He has come to this wonderful understanding that the long-awaited Messiah was here. Man, it felt good. But in the very next verses, we read this. In verse 21, Matthew 16, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. See, a moment of high, high. Good job, Peter. Keys to the kingdom. Get behind me, Satan. I find it so interesting that Jesus begins teaching the truth about the Messiah is going to have to suffer. That the Messiah is going to have to die. And that the Messiah is a sacrifice for the sins of the world. And Peter, it's kind of like, you know, Peter grabs Jesus and says, Jesus, come here, come here, come here, come here. i got to tell you something. Like, Jesus, I don't know if you know this or not, but this talk of death and being beaten and being handed over, I mean, that's not cool when people are going to turn away. You know, Peter's trying to correct the Messiah. It's like Peter knows he's the Son of God, but now Peter thinks he knows more than the Son of God. That Peter has a plan bigger than God's plan. And so Jesus responds, Peter, what are you talking about? Get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance to me, and you are not setting your mind on the things of God. His ego is busted. His great gold star is taken away in that moment. His high moment is shattered. Because he really doesn't understand everything. He knows that Jesus is the Messiah. But he really doesn't have a full grasp of what the Messiah is yet. And so when Jesus begins talking this way, it bothered him. Because this is his friend. This is his master. Jesus confronts Peter. He corrects him. He rebukes him in a very harsh way. Peter went from a bold confession to being rebuked and called an instrument of Satan. Peter's rebuke reveals how little that he really does understand. Peter's strong-willed. He has a warm heart. But he does experience times of arrogance and pride. And I think for me, this becomes very relatable because many of us have experienced this in our walk with the Lord. We all have had moments of great, bold proclamation of God's truth, followed by arrogant moments when we declare we know better than God. I know I've experienced it many, many times. We take a few steps forward and then a few steps back because that's life. And we're not perfect, and humans are going to make mistakes. But there's two things I would have you notice. 
Peter didn't give up. He kept growing. He kept learning. He kept seeking the Lord. It was a failure, but he didn't let his failures stop him from following. He realized that there was more that he needed to learn. You know, for a lot of people, when they mess up, they quit. They turn away from God. They turn away from the church, and they just give up because they believe they have failed God. Listen, you're going to fail, and that's okay. We work through it. We keep pushing forward. And the second thing we see is Jesus, even though it was a very harsh rebuke, Jesus didn't give up on Peter. Jesus did not kick Peter out of the group. Jesus kept loving Peter. Jesus kept teaching Peter because Jesus knew that Peter was going to be a great disciple. Listen, Jesus knows that if you if, if he's the Lord of your life, you have potential. And he can use you to bring glory to his name. And he's not going to give up on you. Jesus didn't look at Peter and be like, oh, that's sin? Oh, that's bad. You're gone. You're done. No, no, no. He continued to love Peter. When you mess up, when you make a mistake, Jesus still loves you. And he is not going to abandon you. The Bible says he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He may rebuke you, but he does it out of love. He does it to teach you so that you will grow and take those steps forward. And so as a disciple, do not give up when you fail. Go to the Lord, confess the failure. Go to the Lord and seek his guidance so you can grow and so you don't make that mistake again. And know this, Jesus will not give up on you. He will not give up on you. So let us commit to being disciples who make disciples, understanding that we're not perfect and understanding that it's a process. It's a process. So keep at it. Keep reading the Bible. Keep praying. Keep gathering in in small groups. Keep learning and keep growing because that's what it means to be a disciple. Before we close, I'll share a few announcements with you. Uh, This coming Sunday evening at 6 p.m., our youth will be gathering back for a wonderful time of fellowship, games, and devotions. And I'm excited to come and be a part of their time together Sunday evening at 6. Our homecoming service is coming up October the 11th. And I'm very excited about that service and about the meal that will follow and the fellowship that's going to be taking place. Uh, So just put those things on your calendar, uh, and we look forward to seeing you each and every Sunday morning. Thank you, and God bless.